authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside in. Listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with picture book author Kai Garvey and we're chatting about how to make time to write as a mother of kids with special needs, how her kids have inspired her work, being an advocate for children on the spectrum, the challenges Kai and her boys have faced as a family, Kai's books, writing advice and so much more. So in my author adventure this week, I really just wanted to say in line with this interview that if writing is not your full-time gig yet, as a busy as busy as life gets, having a family, kids, a husband, partner, pets, day job, exercise, commitments such as team sports, hobbies, leisure activities, the commitments of your dependents, time for yourself, all the aspects which make up your life, writing, publishing and promoting being one of them has to slot in between all of these other things. Continually working around these elements to fit in what works best for you this month, week or day. Doing what you can when you can. I just wanted to say I see you and I commend you for not giving up on your dream in the face of rejection, in the face of any author fears or judgments or criticism you get from the outside world or within yourself. I encourage you to continue to be inspired in the writing industry. So for me this week, that was watching a short YouTube video made by Penguin Random House, and that was of children's author Jacqueline Wilson. She's been the British Children's Laureate, and I absolutely love her books for kids. They are easy to devour, capture the character's voice, and I just connect with them having been a child growing up in the UK. So Jacqueline shares short snippets of her writing process and it inspired me to pick up my laptop each morning and write without any thought to it at all in terms of how good the writing was and it just really unblocked me this week. So if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you'll know I've got two kids. I now have a day job. I am a hybrid author writing across genres in various formats and I strive to be traditionally published and I independently publish works. My writing process has come on leaps and bounds in the last 10 years, but ways of working for me continually change. And to be honest, I wouldn't want it any other way. If you haven't guessed already, I'm the type of person who craves change. I get bored super easily. And in this industry, I'm getting the chance to flex my creativity, express myself and challenge myself often. There are still many parts to authorship I haven't conquered yet. So I'm still very much interested, intrigued and inspired by this book world. So if you're feeling a bit lackluster or you're just things are just getting on top of you as a super busy person I urge you not to be down on yourself if you create a schedule for yourself and you don't achieve it but instead I urge you to be kind to yourself and reflect assess what your working week was like and why you didn't manage to do something you wanted to do if you didn't hit the marks on where you wanted to be and in another instance I urge you to change it up if it's not working for you 
this picking up my laptop in early in the morning and, you know, not counting the word count, not concentrating on how good or bad something is, just writing my plot, filling bits out is working for me right now. This week anyway, next week will probably be different. I feel good. My story's moving forward because I'm touching base with it every day so far. And that's exactly what Jacqueline Wilson said. She spoke about, although she said, you know, you write, you write how you want to write and what that means to you. I've written solid for a couple of weeks when trying to get something finished, then sporadic most days. It just changes all the time for me. As I navigate these various aspects of my life, you know, the, my dependence and other commitments and things like that. So helping with inspiration this week, I've also been reading a lot and that has inspired my writing. I'm really falling heavily back into the YA genre, which is young adult. I started out writing young adult. I absolutely are young adult books and I have quite a few ideas for young adults, but there's one I vaguely started about two years ago and it's strongly pushing its way to the front of the writing queue. It keeps coming into my head, so I really feel like maybe this is the time. I am planning on writing this book for next year and thinking uh, and making it probably the first of our writing projects for the beginning of the year. And I am starting to think about projects for next year, as well as obviously try to finish the ones from this year. There's also a junior version of my Author Fears book that is popping up an opportunity. And I'm considering writing that. That's not something I thought of. So there's lots on the horizon and I'm really excited and there's nervous energy running through my veins at the possibility of bringing these works to life. So I also received in traditional publishing news, a rejection for my picture book last week but I have to say obviously when I submit things there's always hope but with this particular publishing house I wasn't 100% sure this picture book would fit there or if it would be what they were looking for it's not so far out from things that they publish but I actually submitted this with an expectation that it was going to be rejected so I feel like the blow of when the rejection came it was kind of there was no feelings there because I, I expected that <laughs> Now, some people might think, oh, that's not a positive way to look at it. And I don't know why I, I don't know why I felt that way. I just did. And But I also feel like it, that was quite an important moment to me. I feel like I've come on quite far. I definitely, in, in terms of rejection, I think I'm, I'm putting myself out there so much this year with various pro projects and stuff that I've probably received the most rejections I have in a year. Probably in my whole entire writing career because they're smaller form works as well. Whereas in the past, I've just been working on one longer form and then I might have put it to one or two places and moved on and, and stuff like that. Whereas there's been a couple this year, I think. So I acknowledged the rejection, but it, and, and I've still got another work out on submission. So I think that helps you know to definitely have a few things out there so you've still got that chance happening so yeah I really do feel like my response was a development and a growth in my writing adventure so I'm celebrating where I'm at on my on my writing adventure so I recently shared a post on social media which said you forget how far you've come this is truly important I've come on massively from when I started my writing degree and I still have a long way to go but not to be deterred by rejection this feels very important to me so I pose to you to reflect on how far have you come where do you want to be in the next year why and who are you writing for if you're feeling in a slump how will you get inspired what are you reading are you making time to read i want you to seriously consider all these questions as they have greatly been a massive part of my author adventure this week and i hope they will enlighten you on whatever part of your hybrid author adventure that you're currently on
I'm also injecting some inspiration into my weekend by attending Alliance of Independent Authors, Allies Self-Publishing Conference. So mostly these presenters are featured in Britain, so it's all online over this Saturday and Sunday. I haven't actually ever attended a conference online before or a self-publishing one, so I'm super excited. I'm filling up more on this information because I'm going to be in the publishing my women's fiction in the next month. So I'll share all the conference goodies with you next week. Thorn Creative, where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online, saving you time, money and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favourite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created. Kai Garvey has two sons diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder and ADHD. Kai is also an author who writes fun and engaging stories that turn challenges into triumphs in a way that is supportive, inclusive and empowering. She also writes and hosts the podcast Totally Lit. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Kai. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks for joining us. If you can tell us how you came to be a writer and a podcaster. Well, it's a bit convoluted. <laughs> I started my life in one direction. Um, I worked in banking for about 12 years. Um, I had my two sons but found myself on my own and decided to change the direction of my life. So I enrolled in uni and completed my Bachelor of Arts degree and I relocated from Sydney to Brisbane to have a little bit of a different lifestyle. When I was completing my degree, my, my best marks were in my optional subjects. So I was did creative writing along with literature and history and I was getting great marks in creative writing. And I always knew that I could write, but I didn't realise that I could write, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I finished my degree, I started applying for a different style of jobs, but actually ended up earning the least amount of money I ever had in my life. And I had a bit of a cry oh, <laughs> with no. that because I was like, oh, I'm trying to change my life. And no matter what I do, it's not working. But while I had been working, I was volunteering in um, roles. I did a an internship at Brisbane Writers Festival and also did some volunteering at the Rock and Roll Writers Festival, which ran for a few years here in Brisbane. And I started meeting writers and thinking, oh, they're 
human beings just like me. They're real people. So I started entering competition and I was very blessed that the first competition I entered was the Hunter Hunter Writers Centre Grieve competition and I came third in that. And then I entered the Queensland Carers Week writing competition and I came first in that. So I was getting signals from the universe that, yes, I can write. And then I started joining Write Links here in Brisbane, which is a a group that um, supports children's writers. And then I started networking with other writers and going to courses and it sort of took off uh, to the point where I have my own picture book now. So I think really I was spending a bit of time finding my own identity and figuring out who I was and it took me (laughs) till 40 to figure that out. And so now I've transitioned from an aspiring writer to, I guess, emerging writer. Amazing. That's an amazing author adventure. Everybody's Mm. is different, which I absolutely love hearing about. And it sounds like yours has been a long road. Was that how long a period was that that with the competitions Um, and then to the picture book? So 2017 was when I started entering competitions. And I probably did uh, I did a how to write a picture book course with Michelle Worthington. That was, I think it was the end of 2017. And she's such a great mentor and very approachable sort of person and um, I was very cocky sitting in her workshop going oh if she can do it I can do it <laughs> and uh, I've been very grateful to her for pushing me along and mentoring me and also all the writers in Brisbane here um, that are in the Kidlit community are so supportive like we're all cheering each other on it's a great environment to be a writer here. Yeah, absolutely. And I watch from in Perth, obviously from afar, but I see on social media the gatherings that you guys have and, and we've got a good group going in um, Western Australia. Yeah, the people you surround yourself really help you move forward. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So today's topic is on making time to write, being a creative carer to children with special needs. So are you able to tell us about your kids and, you know, how have you gone about managing your writing career around caring for them? Well, I think if you had talked to me 10 years ago, I wouldn't be able to write. But now, because they're 17 and 20 at the moment, so they've got to a point where they're more independent. So originally when I started writing, to be honest, I I have written things an hour before they are due. Um, (laughs) I've written things sitting on the couch with my phone. Yeah, it's really, I just squeeze it in to wherever I can. So for instance, today I've already been to the West End Library and ran a kids workshop. Um, and now I'm having a chat with you. And then Get on, on you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done some washing, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and later on this afternoon, I'm going to meet with, there's a group called the Brisbane Writers Crew, which is all um, Brizzy authors that are, most of us are, are published and established writers. So that's my Saturday. And generally, that's what every Saturday is like, um, doing an activity with the book, um, then connecting with other authors, um, or maybe, go, and that's the same with my podcast that gets all squeezed in in lunch breaks and late at night. And I think, yeah, it's been a good journey for me as the boys have become more independent. A lot of my identity up until they were about 15 was about being an advocate for them. But as they've grown up, 
and now they don't need me as much that it's been a good transition into okay I've got this little hobby of writing now it's more than a hobby a lot of my friendship group and my identity now is about my writing as opposed to being entrenched in caring for the boys so I think that's been really good for me especially like i I get Facebook reminders of them when they were little, (laughs) like, oh, we can't go to the park anymore and we can't do all those fun things, Um, although we do different things now that they're really adults. It's been easier to find time to write now that they're more independent, but when they were small, um, it probably wouldn't have been realistic for me to try and launch a writing career. But that being said, I still work full time and we still have all the same appointments we've always had. <laughs> yeah, if if you meet me and I'm a bit anxious or nervous, it might have been that we've had a bad day. Yeah. But I find writing too is very cathartic as well because it takes you, it's the same as reading a book, it transports your mind to somewhere else so it's really um, quite good in terms of if you need to change your mindset if you've had a bad day sitting down and writing for an hour is actually a really good way to put yourself in in a different place in your mind so for me I find it quite good to relax when I write Um, but also when especially and I think maybe all mums find this a little bit that you lose your identity a little bit because you're so focused on raising your children that it actually feels really good to find yourself again Um, (laughs) especially when I was younger I used to just go with the flow and found myself not where I wanted to be and I feel much more satisfied with my life now that I feel like it's more under my control so finding who you are so for me I'm like well I'm a good writer this gives me satisfaction I've got evidence and I'm a good writer so that gives me confidence I've found that writing has been a really good tool for me especially when I was feeling like I had lost control of my own life. Yeah it sounds like with your children as well and obviously taking up writing the two have kind of gone hand in hand which sounds a bit crazy because obviously and as a mother myself uh, kids it's it, it's super hard because they they you know demand attention a lot and uh, yeah I agree wholeheartedly with what you said there about losing yourself and I've definitely experienced that and but I feel like with yourself and your kids and then writing us catharsis did you say that you won the competition for for caring like yeah, for, for the um, story so was that so, about writing about their caring for them their experience yeah as well? yeah. yeah so it um was a, they just had run a little competition where it said the topic was why I care um and it just had to be a couple of hundred words so a flash fiction kind of thing was so that's a lot of what I've been doing is short stories flash fiction and picture books because they're all short sweet and it's easy to make time to create those whereas if you're trying to write a novel you need up to five years sometimes although some people can churn them out in three months yeah but I know realistically up until now I haven't had that room in my life so I deliberately picked the genres that I write in because of the time that I could dedicate to them. And although picture books can take a long time to get published, but the time you, like I I wrote Easy Peasy in about half an hour, but then it has been honed and looked at by Mm. editors and I've had people give me feedback and things. So then it's a bit difficult to measure the time that gets put Mm. into it. But um, I like that though, that is titled Easy Peasy and you wrote it in half an hour. (laughs) But writing 80,000 words for a novel is a completely different thing and it is something I want to tackle 
Yep. And I'm a bit frightened of it though because I'm like, oh, what if I couldn't do it? And I don't want to say to people, oh, I'm going to write this novel and then not achieve it. Um, mm. So I probably put a bit of pressure on myself in that way. Yeah, I was just going to say, are you one of these people? I know I am. Like if you do put it out there to people, uh, I'm going to do this, then it makes you a little bit accountable to do it. Mm. With the Carers Week um, prize, that I just kind of just dashed that off while I was sitting on the couch because I was scrolling on Facebook and I'd seen the competition and I was like, oh, okay, I'll type that out and send it off. And so that was nice to win that. When when I write those kind of things, I put all my heart and soul into them as well. Yeah. And so it was nice that people could feel that emotion that I'd put into it. And, yeah, it was just also good to have a reminder, okay, you're on the right track. Doing the writing is worth it and it does touch other people. So regardless of how much money you ever earn in writing, there's also that satisfaction that you reaching individuals mm, yeah, at, connecting. at that level. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice that you're sharing your experiences and like you said, your heart and soul with, uh, you know, raising two sons and it is connecting with other people. So I mm. think that, you know, the writing for you is helping, helping reach people as well who are maybe having the same experience as yourself. So no, that's fantastic that, that you'd run that. As well as what you'd said about with children kind of losing yourself as an individual, have you made any other sacrifices to be able to keep going with your writing as well as raising your children? Not, I guess you're not sacrificing yourself, but no, <laughs> other um, things that you've kind of turned down or, or, you know, switch the TV off to get your writing done or just, as you said, snatched it in moments where you could. I really snatch it in moments when I can. Grabs me like a fever when I see something that I want to write for. I kind of have to do it straight away to make sure it's done. Deadlines also fly past me all the time. So yesterday, Five Mile Press had... Yeah. Um, <laughs> open submissions and I did intend to sit down last night and submit something and I went to bed instead. So yeah. I'm are, they, often, are they every Friday? Every uh, month? I think it's once a month. Right. Okay. Yeah. I saw uh, that myself and I thought, oh, no, I've not got time now. <laughs> and that sometimes where this year I've had some issues with my son he was in year 12 and he was really struggling and I've even though my book has come out this year I've really had to step back a bit and so the my podcast has been on hold for a few months because I just didn't think I could give my guests the attention that they needed while he was struggling so I've had lots of sleepless nights worrying about the boys and mm. where their mental health is at and just getting them through what they've needed to get through so I haven't been writing as much this year or submitting as much and also missing out on the workshops and the opportunities. So a lot of events where you go to conferences and special events where there may be an editor or, or someone from a publisher there and those I've missed a lot of just because of, well, financially and and time it's been, oh, I can't do those. So you kind of have to look, if you're wanting to make a professional career out of writing, you've got to assess what you can afford, what you can't afford, figuring out what is a good investment of your money and time because some things you'll do and you go, oh, that was a waste. Why did I do that? <laughs> and then there'll be another opportunity that brings back tenfold. So yeah, it's really 
you've got to start looking at things in a business frame of mind as well, which is difficult yeah. sometimes. Probably, um, like you said, the emotional mindset too. So obviously you said you've, you've had some sleepless nights there and you've mm. you've got other worries and things happening and to continue podcasting or with your writing and set in that way can be quite hard as well. And it's challenging to when you want things to happen so badly. Like, so this is really a 10-year journey of me transforming warming my life and lots of things have changed but there's also things that are that still stay the same so a lot of my I I work full-time but a lot of my finances go into the the boys appointments and medications and all those sort of things and so there's not a lot of money left for investing into your hobby really like Mm. I'm, I'm sort of I do have a book that's on sale so it's not really a hobby anymore but you do have to go okay how much time and money can I put into this and what what competitions do I enter to raise my profile as well like if you Mm. really want to make a go of it you can't just rely on your friends and neighbours and mum and dad to buy your book either you have to be a bit thinking sort of national and international to make any money and there's only one of me if you know as well and so it's like oh I'm exhausted um (laughs) and so but I I find the whole activity of writing and being a writer recharges me like every time you have a success it gives you a bit of a motivator and sometimes just being around other writers and seeing their successes helps you as well and hearing their stories because some people have been working at it and not giving up and that's really the key to it all is that you just keep producing content and keep submitting it. Yeah, absolutely. And I find going along to this podcast for me, I always feel really energized and inspired after speaking to people and going along to events and things always gets the creative juices flowing. And uh, I think if it's if it is, as you said, when you've got children, you've got a day job, you've got other commitments, and then to sort of add your writing in there and, and sometimes it, it can feel like a hard slog but if, it's rewarding to get you know as you said recognition for it it's a form of escapism as well mm-hmm. I think you know fiction I love writing fiction and when things click when they don't click it's not so much fun but like, mm-hmm. when things do it, it just yeah it feels feels really good it feels like you're on the path that you're meant to be on and yeah. um, just to keep kind of going so well, I think good. being the best version of yourself is a benefit to everyone around you. Like if I'm taking time to be a good writer, it also helps me be a good mum and a good wife and a good friend. Like if I'm happier and productive and and having a bit of fun with my life, it benefits everyone around me. Absolutely. (laughs) Rather than, you know, having it and and being frustrated and stressed out and then being an ogre, everybody would be like, oh gosh, mum's in again, keep away from her. (laughs) Also, uh, the times when, like, it can be frustrating when you get knockbacks and it's like, uh, and you just remind yourself, oh, well, this is part of the process. Like, we all get rejections and we always all get bypassed at some point by for someone else that is just like, okay, the only way is just to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I do share it with my kids like when I get rejected and I get I do get really down about it. You know, I do because they know obviously I'm writing a book and for them a book is uh, obviously holding it in their hand. It's uh mm. they do listen to audio books through Borrowbox, the library system. And and they, they haven't really picked up ebooks or anything. Mine's are only um 11 and 8. And so yeah, when when they ask about it, you know, oh, is your where's your book is it this and that and I'm just like, oh, you know, and I'll say I've sent it to this publisher or whatever and oh, it's mm. been rejected. And because I think 
think I probably want them to be aware that, you know, which which maybe is, is not good for kids or something, that life is not just smooth sailing. But yeah. he, here, this is happening to me, but I'm still going. I'm still keeping on. I'm still trying. I'm still putting myself out there and chasing my dream. That's the message I'm hoping it gives to them uh, over, oh, this is never going to happen. <laughs> That's kind of some of my motivation because with with my guys, like, you know, when you've had a bad day at work or you, you wake up in the morning and go, oh, I've got a face today. I think it's important to show my boys that I do that because, like, they'll, whatever I feel, they feel a hundred times more. Like, mm. they've got challenges to face every day. Yeah. And I, I kind of say, okay, well, we had a bad day today. We'll get up again tomorrow and try again. And I felt a bit like a hypocrite that I was telling them to try again when I've got to be living that as well. So because they pick up on everything you do, (laughs) you're the example for them. And, yeah, when me going to work every day without any challenges is hard enough, so them having to go off to school and, you know, they live with being teased and bullied and they have a bit of difficulty with the noise of school and just, like, the environment of school is not ASD. Kids are not cut out for it. Yet we're making them go every day. So I kind of feel like... Like, well, I want to be a living example for them that I'm trying something that's hard and I've got an example of that I tried something and it worked. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. How, are um, they get, do they get some help at school, any of these um, teacher well, dates or anything? both just good. So my younger son just finished year 12 um, yeah. and my older son, he's 20. And oh, so yeah. Yeah. they're both going to an organisation called Jigsaw, which trains kids that have got extra needs in office work and then places them in, in internships in uh, real-life offices um, right. so they can have a living wage, which is fantastic. During school they had um, support, but you're, you're at the mercy of you have assessments and they tell you how much support they're eligible for and it usually is never as much as they need shared across all the other students Mm. Um, so it's um, and my guys really they needed one-on-one help all the time um, and it's just not available and it's yeah there's so many kids that need help that yeah you just get what you're allotted so Mm. a lot of it Really, any success they've had has been all their own work. <laughs> yeah. So um, they've, they've both worked really hard and overcome a lot of challenges. So I'm, I'm quite proud of them. Yeah. Although the other day my son, he was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm burnt out. He said, but mum, you never take a break. So I, I don't Aww. take a break either. I'm like, oh, that's the wrong example. <laughs> it's still like, a positive one. Take a day of leave, yeah. take, take some leave because um, I'm probably not very kind to myself in that I I just keep going as far as I can and then I'll I'll, have, I'll get sick or yeah. fall over a little bit and need to have a recharge. It sounds like you're just a mother. <laughs> yes. A mother going, going, going. Yeah. Yep. They they don't really get to take a break really. But yeah. um yes. Oh, that's that's gorgeous that they're they're so hardworking and you know they, they can recognize the the good traits about yourself as well. Are you part of any community groups and things like that? Your sons or when they were um, growing not- up or not no. really. Like um, we went to scouts when they were younger mm-hmm. and um, I sort of reach out to the Carers Foundation, which is based here in Samford in Brisbane, but they are available right across Australia. If anyone feels they need a chat or some counselling over the phone, you can ring them. But I, I found a big challenge with being working full time and being a carer for kids, there wasn't mm. really anything available for someone like me. Like it would be, oh, come to coffee on a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock 
for a carers group. And that, I'm like, well, there's no way I can do that. Yeah. Um, and so there was ne- never like the standard idea of a carer is that you have a child with a disability and you're on a carer's pension or something at mm-hmm. home. But there's so many carers out there that are, are working just to meet all the needs for their children and they just burn out because yeah. you're working, you never really get a break or a holiday and you forget to look after yourself like you, you make sure that your kids get everything and then it's like oh yeah and it sounds like have a rest you're well you're the most important person because you need to be at top health to keep everything going as well and all. yeah yeah and I think yeah for me writing has been that way to stay sane and mm-hmm. feel like I'm doing something for myself and other people will find a different way you know there's some people that enjoy crafting and and making things or painting or you know yep. the book illustrators are out there they they've got such a different talent but when mm-hmm. you find that thing that you're good at I think go after it because it really gives you yeah just quality of life yeah an outlet to express your your feelings your love your frustrations your your everything really isn't it so you you mentioned obviously you won that award for writing about uh, caring have your kids inspired any other stories that you've written about you know say picture books either quirky things they've done or yeah has my son Lachlan in it even though the character is Ruby um he had a skateboard when he was growing up that he loved so much that he took it to bed with him every night and um, that I included in the story with Ruby uh, taking her roller skates to bed with her. So he inspired that. And I've got a couple of other manuscripts that are more focused on ASD, so about experiences that kids have at school, just encouraging people to reach out to those kids when they can't articulate how they're feeling, but they're not published yet, so I'll keep (laughs) submitting those. Yeah, Um, So those are are really um, inspired by the boys because they – They'll come home from school some days and they'll be like, oh, mum, this this happened, it was terrible. And I'll be like, oh, well, you have to remember those kids don't understand your condition and you mm. need to have a bit of empathy. And they would always say to me, well, mum, why is it me that has to have the mm. empathy? They're, they're the neurotypical kids who don't have any challenges and yet I'm having to be understanding of them. And I'm like, I know it seems ironic. <laughs> That's a picture book in itself, if you ask me, you know, a book like that to educate other kids on on the conditions would be... You just have to create the message in a way that's not too didactic, like it still needs to be something that kids want to read. So it's a challenge when you have a message you want to convey, you've got to figure out how to... How to hide it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hide it in a fun, fun story. So, yeah, it can, like... It is important to me to share those messages and advocate for kids that do have special needs. So I don't know if I'll end up self-publishing them or just keep mm. banging on until somebody says yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, they sound yeah. too important to wait forever if you are um, meeting a brick wall with, say, traditional publishing mm. or whatnot. That's the beauty of hybrid, uh, you know, yeah. doing it yourself because, yeah, they sound like very important stories that should be out in the world. So I am now pushing to be more of an advocate for carers and for um, our children as well so that I'm starting to get a bit of traction with that. But I need to write more about it. Mm-hmm. That may or may not happen. <laughs> Are you, is this novel idea that you're, you've sort of got, or you would like to write a novel, would it be around this type of genre, say for like adults who are carers, fiction, non-fiction? Um, I do have 
an idea about putting something together that is interviewing other parents and their experience of diagnosis. And um, I've been waiting for the right time to write that because I wasn't really, we hadn't had a happy ending yet, if you know what I mean. Like mm. I, I was like, oh, when is the right time to write this? Um, because even just this year, we've been dealing with suicidal ideation yeah. with my children. I'm like, oh, is that the story I want to tell? But now I'm feeling a bit more in a better place in terms of I've got both boys through high school. They're heading off to good places to learn how to work. That's actually probably the best I can hope for in some ways. And I think that's really one of the challenges of being a parent with kids with special needs is reassessing what you thought your life would be. Because when you have children, you have hopes and dreams for them. And then when you realise, oh, okay, that's actually not going to happen the way you thought, you actually have a lot of grief around it and going, okay, if you'd had hoped for your son to be a doctor or a lawyer, that's not going to happen for us. Not that that's not the expectation I actually had. No. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's, but, yeah, you do yeah. think, oh, well, one day they'll get married and they'll have children and all those things don't happen. Like my older son didn't go to his school formal and so there's things that they've missed out on that you also miss out on as well, which are just the traditional life experiences mm-hmm. that you and anticipate happening but I I've actually found a lot of peace once I let go of any expectations it took me quite a while like we're at 20 and 17 so it took me there were times when they would get a d on their report card and I would be like oh okay there's no sense in getting upset at that because I know they tried their best yeah um so you just have to to reassess and change your hopes and then also realise that you've got to accept what their hopes are. And I think that's for any child, you know, mm, if they mm-hmm. they decide they want to be a hairdresser, okay, and it's the same. my parents would have gone through the same with me because I spent a lot of time yep. <laughs> figuring out what I wanted to do. Once I had let go of all life's expectations and just let go, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Um, Did you get help with that, like being able to do that? Or was that something you knew um, within yourself? I've got to just, you know, change my thinking here and then, you know. I sometimes found, like if you went to a psychologist or the paediatrician or whichever specialist, you would hear things you didn't want to hear. Like initially with my older son when he was diagnosed, the pediatrician had said, oh, well, I think the most you can expect for him is for him to be pushing trolleys at Coles or Woolies. And when your son is six or seven years old, that can be quite devastating. Yeah. But then you realise, well, it doesn't matter what condition he has, he might push trolleys at Coles or Woolies anyway. And if he's happy, mm-hmm. that that's all that matters. Yeah. And so just reassessing, well, it's his life, it's his choice. But you do get a bit of a shock when a doctor tells you this this is what you can expect yeah. or this is what you, you need to lower your hopes and no parent wants to hear that. And then you... Yeah, it can take a while to go, well, if they that's what they want, it's different to watch your child struggle and be unhappy when they want more and can't achieve it. And that we've been through that as well. My, my older son is a lot like me in what he wants from life and to achieve some of the things he wants is going to be a struggle. But you just have to be there by their side and let them know that you're not leaving them while that's, they go through the journey. Yeah, that's it. Oh, gosh, no, I, I completely understand and empathise there. Like, that would be super hard. And I think, like, for, for every parent, having a just the thought that 
the most that you want for your kids is just for them to be happy and healthy would probably help there as well. well and I, yeah I probably should make it clear that I, I I'm not the sort of person that I don't push my sons to be anything other than they want to be. Hmm. So there's no writing aspirations between either of them yet. You can no, help with, they don't even help like with to getting them to <laughs> write a picture book or something about their experiences. Yeah, no, they um, are family in the camp that they like to play video games. <laughs> Yeah, that is all their aspirations are at the moment is they just want to earn enough money to have somewhere to live and yeah. play video games when they want. I think um, that sounds all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that'll change. Like we're all teenagers and we all want to just enjoy our lives at yep. that stage. So that that's where they're at is that they just want to be enjoying life a bit at the yeah. moment. So. Well, I think we can all take life a bit too seriously, can't we? And yes. um, push and push and push and push. So yeah, no, good on them. You've, you've shared so much already, Kai, obviously around, you know, how you've squeezed in your writing time and raising the boys and it's you've done a magnificent job. Hats off to you. Do you have any other advice you would like to give to other authors, you know, juggling similar commitments such as yourself? I think that you shouldn't let fear get in the way of your writing. So anyone out there that is at the start of their journey, just submit something because I think a lot of us spend a lot of time saying I'd like to be a writer but letting that idea of oh you can't make money as a writer or you might be successful like I think we'd let that get in the way of beautiful work that we can create so I think just just do it yeah no that's amazing amazing advice there and we can get caught up in our minds that I've I've gone through so much as well self-doubt all the rest but you know when it's what you want to do you keep striving to get better and still putting yourself out there so no that's great and uh as you said you've you've got a lot of picture books sort of on the go ideas and a novel uh is this what we can expect from you in the future Hopefully, I'm submitting. <laughs> and maybe the podcast um, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, time. It will be coming very shortly. And really, the podcast, like, it's so easy to self-publish a podcast that I could just start booking in and be back up straight away. But I'm, yeah, trying I'm trying to be kind to myself this year. <laughs> No, good on you. Yeah, you definitely should should be thinking about yourself and putting yourself forward first as well and foremost. It's challenging. Like, I think that's the biggest issue for all of us is putting ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bit of a yes person in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I don't say yes to myself, so I have to learn to be as kind to myself as I try to be to other people. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're on the right track by allowing, allowing yourself some sort of space and, and breathing time and, and knowing what you've got the capacity to handle and what you haven't at this stage. Yes, and and I have learned to say no to people as well, which has been an ongoing issue my whole life. Oh, no. <laughs> but going, okay, actually, I can't produce I think because the work I produce is important to me, I'm recognising, oh, actually, if I continue at this pace, I can't produce good work. But if, um, and especially with the podcast, I want to give my guests the best opportunity to showcase their own work. So Mm -hmm. if I feel I can't give them a good interview, I shouldn't be trying to do it. So because I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to give them a really good experience and get the best out of me as an interviewer, sometimes taking a step back for a little while is a better idea than trying to do things haphazardly. No, absolutely. So I have learned something. Yeah! In all these years. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it sounds like you're on your way and and doing really well. And yeah, just you, you've. It sounds like you've had a heck of a a ride along the way. But you sound inspired and passionate about what you do. And it sounds like it's uh, you know it's meant for you. So I'm sure when the time comes for you to give it what you want to give it, you'll you'll be able to mm. do that. Thank you so much for your time and expertise. Can you tell our listeners where they can discover Easy Peasy, you know, your book and uh, your podcast and just you in general online or in stores and things? So Easy Peasy you can find through ekbooks.org online and you can also find me, Kai Garvey, author and podcaster on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I'm really naughty and haven't got a website yet, but it's mm-hmm. under construction. <laughs> so there's the things that go to the wayside is little things like I've been building a website for ages. Oh my gosh, I wasted so much time of my life trying to do that, <laughs> honestly. I, I actually oh. purchased one and a Vanilla Designs have done a beautiful job for me, but they're waiting on me to provide some content. <laughs> I just say it is it's a big slog but once it's done and it's out there it's kind of done so that's good and the podcast is called Totally Lit and you can listen to that on whatever your favorite platform is mainly iTunes and Spotify but I've got I've just heard Google is closing down their podcast channel Um, but yeah you can if you put it into Google it'll bring up all the places to listen to it Um, and there's quite some interesting authors that I've interviewed um, that hopefully will give you some tips and tricks oh amazing well thank you so much Kai thank you and uh yeah that was some some great tips there thanks for your time So there you have it, folks, the absolutely gorgeous Kai Garvey there. Kai's picture book, Easy Peasy, is out in the world and also illustrated by Perth's Amy Kalaluti. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Larrikin House Publishers, Danny V and James Layton on submissions and the hybrid business model. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.